Hey guys, welcome to One Purpose Church. Yeah, here we believe that we are a group of imperfect people radically committed to loving others and leading them to Jesus. We are so excited that you decided to join us on the podcast today. Feel free to tune in each week for awesome messages by Pastor Chad. Let's jump right in. Today, I want to start the, the sermon off with a, with a question. I want everybody to actually answer this question, and that's this. What is the most important thing in your life right now? It might not be the same thing that used to be most important, but what's the, answer that. What's the most important thing in your life? And if you're struggling with trying to figure that out, let me ask you a couple more questions just to kind of get some clarity in your own mind. First thing is, what do you think about most often? What is it that you think about? What's, your, what's, what's the thoughts in your head? Or, or what or where do you spend your most time at or the majority of your time? That'll help us to realize just what it is that's the most important thing in our lives. The Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, it says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Has anyone ever heard that before? Where your treasure is, that's, that's where your heart's going to be. That's where you're going you're gonna to find yourself, right? And so what we spend the most time thinking about and where we spend our, the most of our time is, is where our heart is, and that's going to help us to answer that question, what's the most important in our life. And I'll just say this right now. I, I get it. We live in a, a busy world. Everything's biting for our time. Every day we have a choice as to where and what we're going to give our thoughts to. Amen. A couple of weeks ago we talked about our minds and making sure we were thinking the right things and certainly um, doing the right things. But if you boil all that down, and I don't know, has everybody got it figured out what's the most important thing in your life right now? Of course, we're in church, and, and everybody knows the answer, right? It's got to be Jesus or God because you're in church. But is that actually what you spend most of your time on? Is that what you really think about? And if we boil it down, it comes to one word. It comes to priority. Priority. Where are our priorities? Priorities will reveal what's most important in our lives, and I'll bet you if we were to go around the room and, and secretly ask everybody, what did you, what did you actually say, and, and what's the real truth, how much, you know, what, what really is the most important thing in our lives, because, you know, if I were to ask, and, and we were honest, I'll bet you some folks said family, and, and that's important, don't get me wrong, I, I'm all for family, I love family, jobs, maybe our kids, maybe the sports, those, those are all fun things. Some of them are super important. But Scripture tells us that it, there's a very profound and, and awesome story that we're getting ready to read here. What should be the highest priority in our life, and that's Jesus. Amen? Jesus should be number one. There's a great story. It's about, uh, it's about Jesus and two ladies. Two ladies. Mary and Martha. Some of you guys know the story, and I, I'm excited to be, to be preaching this this morning because... Every single one of us can relate to either Mary or Martha. Most of the time, we kind of gravitate towards one of these two ladies and the way they are. And so I'll just say this. All of us are a Mary or a Martha in here more than likely. I'm going to kind of go through some things that are really going to help us to really hone in on whether we find ourselves identifying with Mary or if we identify with Martha. I haven't come up with a clever name. It's just this morning I've entitled the message, Are You a Mary or Are You a Martha? Who here has heard the story of Mary and Martha? If you haven't, that's fine, but just, okay, good. I'm glad that we have some that, that haven't because we've got, man, there's a lot to learn. And I'll just tell you straight up, every one of us has, if we're a Mary, we have a Martha in our life. Or I guarantee you, if you are a Martha, you have a Mary in your life. Now, 
Let's read scripture. In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 40, it says this. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Um, And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Mary was distracted by all the preparations that, that had to be made, that had to be done. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself? Tell her to come and help me. Now, I'll tell you this, it's, it's almost like there's a little tantrum going on because you, you, you see the, the stage is this. You got Martha, and she's welcomed Jesus into her home. Jesus is literally in the living room preaching, giving a sermon to all the disciples. It's kind of a packed house, if you will. And all of a sudden, you see Martha just stomp in and just give her what for. It's like, Jesus, look at her. She's literally just sitting. In, what, I'm doing all this work, and, and, and now we're starting to identify, right? All of us are starting to figure out what, what the deal is. And she, she's upset, right? And we see the contrast between the Marys and the Marthas here. Mary is literally sitting at Jesus' feet. She's listening. She doesn't have a care in the world. She's, just, she's like a sponge, baby. She's just taking it all in. And I'm going to tell you, by the way, this, we would think, well, there's nothing wrong with a woman sitting at the feet of a man or a man sitting at the feet of a woman today. But back in those days, can I tell you, that was a big deal to have a woman sitting at the feet of a rabbi. That, that, was, that was huge. That, that never got done back in those days. It wasn't even permitted. But you see Mary's just sitting there just loving it. She's taking it all in, right? And, but Martha, we see her, man, she's, she's scurrying all around. She's preparing the meal. She's cooking. She's cleaning. She's setting the table. She's got her finest china out. She's pouring the wine. She's preparing everything just perfect for Jesus. And, and by the way, I want to just ask you, if, if you got a knock at the door at your house and it happened to be Jesus, what would, be, what would you be doing? Would you leave the door shut and be scurrying around and throwing all the laundry in here and grabbing this and scrubbing those dishes and getting the cobwebs off of the the fan and and cleaning everything up? Because Jesus is God. He's the Savior. What would you be doing if Jesus showed up? You see, I think a lot of us, even if we're a a Mary, can identify a little bit with Martha. We we all want to act like our our house is clean most of the time. We want to present it, though, it's clean, right? And so, so you see, there's, there's differences. Uh, Martha's, just, just a, for instance, they're always busybodies. Martha's are, are busybodies. They have trouble sitting still. They always have to be doing something. That's, that's your Martha's, right? I'm just gonna, my wife knows I'm going to do this, but my wife is the most Martha-like woman you have ever met in your entire life. Let me give you an example of a Martha, and some of you guys will identify with this. When we sit down, she will even say, oh, I just want to veg tonight. I just want to veg. That doesn't mean anything. I can just tell you that right now. Veg to me means plopping on the couch, kicking your feet up, and just doing literally nothing. For, for vegging for my wife, that, that, that means she sits down, but she can't just come to a family uh, a movie viewing where we just all sit together. She's got to bring a load of laundry, and then she'll go back and she'll grab another. She's got to bring three or four loads of laundry, and she's folding those clothes while she's you know, just doing that. I don't even know. She, she does all this. She's busy, 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 busy. Now, that, that's not a good thing. And I'll tell you, having clean laundry and, and folded clothes is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Here's what happens, though. 
she gets distracted because she's doing all these different things. And if later on you were to ask, what did you think about that show, man? And she'd be like, I didn't see any of it. I was just, I was just, I was, see what happens is, 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 is gets distracting. Now there's nothing wrong with, with doing things, but we got to be careful. As a matter of fact, um, not only does, does Mary's always have to be doing things, but Mary's have a servant's heart. This is an honest truth story. I'm not embellishing at all. On Thursday of last week, uh, we're sitting there. She's doing her thing. She's folding laundry. She's on the phone. She's, she's, she's a thousand places. I don't think she's ever sat through one whole movie her entire life. Never. It's just she's always doing something, right? But she's got this servant's heart. She's, she, she loves serving. And, and she's finally starting to doze off. She's just, just getting, she's, you know, and, and I'm thinking, oh, thank God. She's just finally relaxed. And I feel bad for her because she never sits down. And she gets her second win. She says, honey, do you want a bowl of, uh, you want a bowl of ice cream? And I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a Mary, just so you know. I'm, I'm absolutely a Mary. And I'm like, well, yeah, I want to, you know, that'd be great, honey. So she runs in, gets me a bowl of ice cream, and we're eating this ice cream. But that's just, she's always looking for ways. To, to serve people, right? And that's, that's, your, that's your Martha's. And I'm, I'm not that way. You know, but there's some ways I am, but, but other things, there's, if I'm sitting down and watching a movie, man, I ain't getting up. I'm just, I'm settled in, right? Martha's Mary, uh, I'm sorry, Martha's love language would be acts of service. For a Martha, the, the most loving thing you can do is, is to serve someone, right? And she's running around, she's doing all kinds of stuff. But Mary, let's start talking about Mary's just a little bit. Mary's love language is quality time. She wants that quality time. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's listening to every word. Some differences. Martha's, they, they worry about everything. They worry about the bills. They worry about children, income, jobs. Mary's, they're more of a free spirit, baby. Just, it's okay. Not a care in the world. God will supply. You lost your job yesterday. That's okay, honey. Don't worry about it. Mary's are just chewing their nails off. Just chewing your nails off, right? It's, it's the difference in, in, in the two. Um, God will supply, right? Martha's, they can, they've, got, they've got to be task-oriented, right? And they've got to have a plan, and they've got to have a, a structure. Or at least they've got to know what the plan is. Do you, do you have one of those people in your life? They're very driven. They've they're, they got a huge checklist. Martha's have a huge checklist. And can I tell you, it doesn't matter how long the checklist is, as soon as you check one off, something else bumps into that list. And it's just, it never, it's a never-ending checklist. That's your, that's your Martha's. Um, so they have a big checklist. Mary's are like, I'll get it done tomorrow. It's okay. I'll get it done tomorrow, right? And, and we're just about done with the two differences here, but I hope you guys are figuring out. Martha's would argue, and this is a good argument, that if they don't cook and set the table, then Jesus in the crowd doesn't eat. That true? That's a good point, right? Good point. But Mary's would say, just a month ago, I saw Jesus take two loaves, two fish and five loaves of bread, and he fed 5,000 people. I think today he can handle the 20 people that are in your living room. Amen? That, that's your Mary. She'd be just like, and really, if it were truth be told, Mary's would, would rather not cook so they could maybe, maybe witness a miracle, right? Mary's are like, they're like, let's just see what happens. I just want to see if Jesus does it again. And, and your Marthas would be like, let's make it happen. Not let's see what happens, your Marys. Marthas would be like, let's make this happen, baby. Right? So that you see the differences. And, and lastly, as we move on, is, is Marys worry about responsibility. I'm sorry. Marthas worry about responsibilities, but Mary worries about relationships. 
Martha's worry about responsibility, but Mary's worry about relationships. Now, where are we at? You guys got it figured out by now. So I'm going to take a quick poll. Those of you who are not too proud to admit you're a Mary or a Martha, um, who are our Marthas in here? Martha, double hand. We got, yes, thank God my wife agrees with me. I'm seeing, yes, yes, okay. We got a few Marthas, even though the guys are Martha. Okay, what about, put your hands down. This should be the other half because that looked like about 50. Mary's. Where are our Mary? Okay. That's what I thought, yeah. And, and what I've noticed here is if there was a spousal thing where a, a husband and a wife, most of the time the wives were one and the husbands were another. And, you know, that's the way God made us, amen. The Bible, or not Bible, but we, we often heard the thing of opposites attract. Well, there's something to be said about that. If you're a Mary, you're probably married to a Martha. If you're a Martha, you're probably married to a Mary. That's just the way it works, and, and that's a good thing, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. Now, if you are a Mary, you love this story. Marys just love this story because they're the good guy in the story. They love it. All the Marys are poking their Marthas right now and say, <laughs> because it says this. Verse 40, it says, but Martha was distracted. She, she's distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And that, that brings me to the first point I want to make, and that's this, guys. You've got to guard yourselves from those distractions. You've got to guard your hearts from the distractions. Can I tell you, Satan would love for nothing more than to get every single one of us distracted in, in, our, in our eyes, in our minds, in our hearts, in our thought processes, and what we feel like is most important off onto anything in the world but Jesus. If he can get you distracted, he's won the battle. If he can get your eyes off of Jesus and what's actually important that really matters in the whole scheme of things, then he's won the battle. That's, that's one of his goals. He wants to get you distracted. And I'll just say this. Um, scripture never says it's a bad thing to be preparing food. It's not a bad thing to, to be uh, working hard, to serving others, folding laundry in a clean house. There's nothing wrong with those things. Nothing, nothing wrong at all. But um, sometimes we think we're doing the right thing. But as, as we read, Mary actually had it. It right because Martha was distracted and, and her priorities are in the wrong place, right? And, and I'm going to say a, a little phrase here that I want you guys to just think about. Being or staying busy, even if, if it's for a good purpose, isn't always the right choice. Let me say that again. Being or staying busy isn't, even if it's for a good purpose, isn't always the right choice. Can I get an amen to that? A clean house is a good thing, guys. We cleaned our house yesterday because we had some company coming over. That's the only time we, that's not the only time we clean. My wife's giving me the, do you hear that? But that's the time we clean the most when you got, you want to get your house clean, invite somebody over. And if Jesus comes, you, you're going to really get your house clean, right? But just being busy isn't always the right choice, right? And, we, and what happens, we find ourselves distracted. And when we're distracted, we begin to lose our joy in the Lord. It's, it's just like a snowball thing. It's a snowball that just keeps getting, and, and we get distracted. We lose our joy in the Lord. We get our focus on things that really aren't that important. And we see that Martha, she's, because she's distracted, she's mad now, isn't she? She's upset. She, she's, 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 she's lost her joy, right? And here's the, the crazy thing about this. 
the God of the universe, the creator of everything, is literally sitting in her living room, and she's missing it. Do you see the problem here? It's not that she's busy serving. It's the God of the universe who created everything is teaching in her own living room, and she's in the kitchen missing the whole thing. You, you see it? You see the I, I, irony of this? And so she gets distracted or her priorities in the right place. And then here's, here's another thing that happens. It's going to bring me to the next point here. She begins accusing others for her unhappiness that she has created in herself. You see, you see what it says? It says um, in Luke 40, but, but she, Martha, came to him and said, Lord, don't you care? And that brings me to the second point I want to make that day, today is you've got to guard your hearts against that accusatory spirit. In other words, guard your hearts against accusing other people for your unhappiness. We, we've got to guard ourselves for that. Amen. Martha, she says, don't you care? And here's the, the crazy thing about this. Crazy thing. She's accusing Jesus of not caring, which the truth is he is the most caring individual who's ever walked the face of the planet. And she's accusing him of not caring. Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? And, 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 and before we're too hard on our Marthas, because you know what? You Marthas are good people. And I'm glad, glad you're, you're in the positions you are. But, but not, it's not just Martha that has the trouble with this. All the disciples, if you remember, there was a story um, where Jesus is in the boat, and they go out on this sea, and a big, huge, uh, uh, just a storm blows up. And then this storm is rocking the boat. Waves are crashing in. It literally, the Bible says, it's, it's capsizing. It's going down. You know, they're bailing water as fast as they can, and they're, they're, they're fearful for their lives. And Jesus is in the boat, and I don't understand how this happens, but he's sleeping. Can I tell you, if you're tired enough, you can sleep anywhere. Has anybody ever been that tired where you literally just fall asleep? I don't care what, you're going down the road. Now, that sounds crazy. That's bad. Don't do that. I did that one time. Not good. I should have died. The Lord kept me alive. But, but you, you can, if you're sleeping, you'll fall asleep. And Jesus is in the boat. He's sleeping. And the disciples have done everything they know to do in their own power. And they finally go to Jesus and they shake him a little bit and he wakes up and, and they say, Lord, Lord, don't you care that we perish? Does that sound like Mary? Martha? Sorry. Sounds just like Martha. Lord, don't you care? We're getting ready to die here. And of course, Jesus gets up and he wipes his eyes and he says, oh, ye of little faith. Listen, I am Jesus, guys. We're not going down here, okay? This isn't how it goes. This isn't, this isn't the end of the story. And Jesus rebukes the storm and everything gets calm. And you see, we do the same thing as, as Jesus did, as, as, as Martha did. We'll accuse God the exact same way, right? And, and we'll ask Jesus, we'll ask, dude, don't you care? Don't you care, Lord, that, that my marriage is in shambles or my boyfriend and my girlfriend and this is going on and that's going on. My kids are this way and, and my job's this way and I lost this and I, everything's bad and my 401k dumped and, and we do this, don't we? God, don't you care? And the answer, I promise you this, is always yes. 100% yes, of course the Lord cares. He cares more than anyone in the world. He cares more than anyone in the world about you. And, and I'm, I'm, one, I'm one of these pastors that believes that, that sometimes, and it's interesting and, and awesome that Sean brought up the prayer thing. That's been on my heart too. We had a meeting yesterday and we were talking about prayer and, and, and getting in the word. And, and, and I'm one of these pastors that believes that God is a God of details. 
And sometimes we get in our minds, we think, well, I don't want to bother God with my little, little piddly old fiddle fart of a thing over here. Yes, I just said fiddle fart. I don't want to bother God with this little thing because he's too busy for my little, my little problems. Can I tell you, God is not too busy for you. He's not too busy for the, the, the minutest details in your life. I believe he can handle those. Up to the biggest thing in the world that you would ask him. Whatever it is, God cares and he loves. and he, 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 We are fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. Do we realize that? Look at your neighbor and say, if you've got one, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. T- tell them. Smack them on the knee. You are fearfully and wonderfully. That's the way God made us and he cares for us. But sometimes we get to that point where we're accusing God and say, God, don't you care? And here's, I've heard this so many times and in, 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 I've been to a lot of funerals here the last little bit and, and, and I'm not thinking of any one funeral here, but I know this, there's times where because we're distracted and we're frustrated, we'll accuse God of things like, God, why did you take our loved one? And I get it because in those states, man, we're not thinking clearly and we just, why did you take our loved one instead of thanking him for receiving our loved one? You see the difference in that? If they're saved, man, they're going to heaven. And yeah, we want them back here and I get that, but I'm going to tell you, as horrible as this sounds, especially from a pulpit, dying is a part of living. Whether we want to realize it or not, we're all going to die. It's appointed to man once to live and then then he's going to stand before the Lord, right? And so that, that as hard as that is to lose people, I, I get that. But maybe we, we change our minds and we, we start thanking God for taking someone instead of accusing him. And I want to ask, we're not going to go long today. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. I do have a little bit more to go, but I'm going to have them come up ahead of time. And you guys can start whenever you get up here. Just The story goes on, and I want to finish the story because I'd be amiss if I didn't. Martha had just got done accusing Jesus. She's upset with him. She's mad. She's lost her joy in the Lord. She, don't you care, Lord? And, and here's Jesus' response in Luke chapter 10, verse 42. Jesus looks at Martha, and he says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. I get it. I, I hear you, Martha. But only one thing is needed. Say one thing. Only one thing is actually needed. And he says, Mary has chosen what's better. Mary's got it right. And he says, it will not be taken away from her. I'm not taking this from her. Look, look at her. She's happy. She loves being at my feet. I love ministering to her. I love loving on her. I'm not going to take this away. I'm going to have somebody get the lights. I'm not taking this away from her. Mary has chosen what's better. Just the other day I was on, on the, the internet, and, and, and it says in order for us to live, we need four things here on this. In order for us to live and survive on this earth, on the planet. This isn't spiritual. This is just physical. But we're going to talk about this. In order for us to live, we need four things. We need water. We need air, we need food, and we need light. Without those things, we're dead. We we need those things. And look what the scripture says, talking about the one thing, says about Jesus. Jesus says this about himself. He says, I am the living water. Water? I am the breath of life. I am the bread of life. 
and I am the light of the world. You see, there's a whole lot of things that we think we need and we think are important. A whole lot of things. But the truth is, there's only one thing that we need, and that one thing is Jesus, folks. Can I get an amen to that? There, there's one thing that we need, and that thing, that person, is Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 says this. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes or proceedeth from the mouth of God or our Lord. That's, that's what we need. We, we need the word, folks. We, we need this to sustain us. We need Jesus. And this, this is Jesus here. This is God. And that's honestly, I just need to throw this plug in here. That's why it's so important that we read our Bibles for ourselves. Because if we, if we don't know what Jesus says, then we're missing out. We're missing out on that, that spiritual food. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone to, to bow their heads. And here in a minute, I'll have you open them. But just keep them closed for a moment. Bow your eyes. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. My bad. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. forever, can I tell you, you got to put your faith and trust in Jesus. I'm going to tell a quick story. Keep, keep your eyes closed. It's okay. Nobody looking around. In Acts chapter 16, actually somebody from the congregation was an inspiration for this, but Acts chapter 16, verse around 30, there's this story of, of Paul and Silas, and they're, 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 they've been whipped, they've been beaten, and they've been thrown into jail. They're in, the, they're in the inner cell. They're, they've got shackles on their hands, shackles on their feet, slammed, closed cell doors. And the Bible says there was a violent earthquake that happened. And all the cell doors, including Paul and Silas and everybody else, they flung open. And the Bible says the shackles fell off their hands and they fell off their feet. And when that happened, the guard, the head person in charge of the prison, he felt it too. He felt it. There was nobody missed this. He ran in. All the doors are open. In his mind, he's dead. Because if you let, if you're a Roman soldier and you let someone go on your watch, they're going to kill you. He grabs his sword. He, he begins to plunge it into himself to kill himself. And Paul and Silas witnessed this. They didn't run. Nobody left. They were all there. And they, they yelled at the guy right before he commits suicide. He said, no, stop. Stop. Don't do it. We're all here. And he yells for some light. Of course, back then they didn't have light switches. He had to take a lantern in. And the guard sees everyone's still there. All of them are still there. And the guard falls at Paul and Silas's feet. And he, he's, he's quaking. He's, he's shivering. He's shaking. He's, he knows God's in the midst of this whole thing. And he says to the men in Acts chapter 16, verse 30, he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, and this is for everyone in here. If you want to be saved, it says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, if you want to follow along with us on this journey and hear the weekly messages from each Sunday, the best way to do that would be to just hit that subscribe button and you'll get that notification each week. So we're looking forward to having you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.